Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Ivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium. And we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. I'm delighted to introduce you all to Noah Tishby, if you don't know her. She is the author of Israel, A Simple Guide to the Most Misunderstood Country on Earth. And this conversation was actually taped live. I had a little lunch for her, and there were about... I don't know, 20, 30 women in the room. And so every so often you'll hear laughter and comments and things like that. But I did the interview in that format to kind of get people to get to know Noah in a new context. I was introduced to her by Polly Levine, who is a friend of my mom's. And anyway, so that's why it might sound a little different than the usual podcast. But Noah is an Israeli-American author, actress, producer, and activist, born and raised in Tel Aviv, Israel. She got her start in the Israeli entertainment industry, In the original musical, David, she had a drama scholarship from Tel Aviv Museum of Art and then went on to appear in Israel's leading TV shows, films, theater, and ad campaigns, becoming a household name. She recently appeared in the Showtime drama, The Affair, and completed shooting on the third season of her talk show, Life by Noah Tishby. 
As a producer, she made history with the sale of In Treatment to HBO, which by the way, I loved. That was the first Israeli television show to become an American series. She co-produced the 12 Emmy and Golden Globe nominated and Peabody Award winning In Treatments alongside Mark Wahlberg and Stephen Levinson. In Treatment is currently in its fourth season. With that first sale, she created a market that didn't exist before, the sale of Israeli TV formats in the U.S. Following In Treatment, she formed and headed a joint venture between ITV Studios U.S. and Israel's major network, Rochette, to develop, create, and produce TV content made in Israel for the international market. Socially and politically passionate, Tishbe founded, or Noah founded, the first Israel-focused online advocacy and rapid response organization called ACT for Israel, and has become a powerful voice for Israel and the Middle East. She initiated a partnership with the Schusterman Foundation and Summit Series, and co-created Reality Israel, a series of leadership trips to Israel for Jews and non-Jews alike. So listen to our episode, and you will find out so much more about her and her very strong opinions. Welcome, Noah. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to talk about Israel, a simple guide to the most understood, to the most misunderstood country, <laughs> not most understood, most misunderstood country on earth. Thank you so much for having me. If it was understood, I wouldn't have had to write the book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We could just all throw it out. Exactly. Yeah, why bother? Exactly. But instead, let's have a lunch about it. Let's. So, <laughs> let's. So you described really well in your book why you are the person to write this and why we should all care. Mm-hmm. So can you just tell everybody a little bit about your background and why you're the perfect person to write this book. It's not so much that I'm... (laughs) There are a lot of perfect people to write this book, but I just want to make sure that when people read the book, they're confident that they're not reading a history of Israel, which is obviously uh, slightly complicated by somebody who doesn't have the background. So I had to make sure that I explained to people that, yes, I'm... First first of all, I'm Israeli-American, so I was born and raised in Israel, and I live in the United States, and I started my career in the entertainment industry as an actor and producer and a writer and a model and whatever. However... I've been involved in Israel advocacy, politics, behind the scenes, NGOs, organizations for over a decade. So I was the first uh, person to start the first online advocacy and rapid response organization, trying to (laughs) explain to people that what's happening online is not true. That happened in 2011. Luckily, it just gotten better since. Now, gotten way worse. So I wanted to make sure that people are, they know that they can trust me with the story. It's not like a novelty project. I'm like, oh, this producer just decided to write a book about Israel. I'm like, no, no, no. I've been doing this for a very long time. So that's the answer to that. And to why would people care is extremely important in my view, because this is not, Israel is not, and I know this may sound controversial for people, right? But Israel is not a Jewish topic or an issue. Israel is not a Jewish American. Israel is not about even just an Israeli issue. Israel is important for the national security of the United States. Israel is a stabilizing force in the Middle East. And everybody in the Middle East knows this, except Iran and the social justice warriors in the United States. Like, legitimately. Those two people have, for some reason, entities have, for some reason, joined forces and are acting towards dismantling the single consistent democracy in the Middle East, delegitimizing its right to exist. And they are allowed to do this. First of all, it's intentional. It's not by accident, it's by design. And we've been, and I say we, because we've been, a few of us in the advocacy world and in NGOs and in research, we've been trying to warn people about this for a long time. We're like, there is something bad that's happening. It's intentional, it's well-funded, it's political, and it's going to bite us. And 
it came out in this conflict, in the most the recent conflict with Israel and Hamas, in the most obvious of ways. But it's been going on for a very long time, and by not supporting Israel, especially progressives and liberals, they're destabilizing the security of the United States. So that was very important to me to write and to make clear, which is why people should care. The reason this was allowed to happen is because of lack of education. The reason that this was allowed to happen is because there are a lot of people on the other side, which is nefarious, well-funded, anti-democratic, anti-Israel, anti-values, anti-United you know, States and Western values that is well-funded. And on the pro-Israel side, especially within the Democrats, within the left, unfortunately, there has been a like a sense of confidence and the we've been very lucky to not need to know. So within our community, and I say our community and like the Jewish community, the non-Jewish community, the pro-Israel community that is not Jewish, just to be the normal people, right? No, none of us thought that Israel would be a questionable issue. And because we allowed ourselves to not know the history, we allowed these nefarious forces that have an intent to penetrate, okay? So I wrote the book in order to first and foremost educate the people that want to know. Jewish community, non-Jewish community, people that are like, I'm watching social media and I don't know a lot, but I don't think it makes, I don't think Israel is a genocidal state. Like, I don't think Israel is causing ethnic cleansing, but I really don't know how to answer that question. Like, I really don't think that's true, but I don't know what to say about it. This is what the book is for. Get your facts right, get you educated, and then you'll be able to actually know, first of all, what it is that you should say, and second, why this is all happening. We were talking earlier about sort of underdog culture, mm -hmm. yeah, to your point, yeah. and, it, and that people maybe on social media are leaning against this viewpoint because they want to support, they view Israel somehow as not the underdog yeah. at all. They, perceive, they being, perceive it as the strong, and it's not that it's weak. Israel's not weak, but presenting, first of all, the narrative that you have to be either pro-Israel or pro-Palestine is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This is like one-sided. It's Again, it's intentional. Not a single person within Israel or within the pro-Israel community is like, would say, I'm against Palestinians. It's ridiculous, right? So first and foremost, right? Like nobody would say that. So first and foremost, that's the case. And they're trying to present it as if you're either or. Like you literally, you post on social media, Shabbat Shalom, and you get Palestinian flags <laughs> in return. Like what, had, what happened? I'm asking, that's rhetorical actually, know what happened? You read the book, you'll see what happened, right? Um, this was, I mean, seriously, the, in the, the book is like, the fact that the book came out on April, on April 6th and the war happened a month later and every single tweet Bella Hadid put out there is addressed in the book. It was like shocking to, to us because we knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. It was the reason that I wrote the book, but the quickness in which this happened and the not just anti-Israel, but the anti-Semitic attacks, like actual, not like online, you know, what Eve Barlow actually dubbed online uh, social media pogrom, which couldn't be more true. Like it's a pogrom. They're trying to ex they're trying to get vo Jewish and pro-Israeli and pro-Jewish voices out of social media. And like you can't even say no to anti-Semitism right now because you get hate for it. What happened? Why is this, right? So the fact that it happened so quickly was was shocking. And the fact that it went from this kind of woke conversation of like, I am supporting the perceived underdog to attacks on Jews all over the United States 
uh, needs to make us all pause and rethink where, you know, where we're going with this. So, so who are the they that you keep talking about? Let me get to that in a second. That's it's good. very important. It's actually very important. But to, to, to answer to the question again on the perceived underdog, there is no technically Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Okay? I know. Right? It's not an Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's an Israeli-Arab world conflict. And it has been going on for nearly a century. And the Arab world, which knows this, right, and is starting to backtrack away from this, hence the Abraham Accord and, and all these like deals that are happening, right? The Arab world as a whole, 21 countries, give or take, trying to kill Israel, depending on the year, right? Sometimes it's this country, sometimes it's that country, sometimes it's Egypt, and then it's Hamas, and then it's this, it's that. But essentially, Israel has been under attack for a century, right? And it's all 21 Arab countries around that have been kind of, I'm not implicating all of them at the same time, but the Arab League as a whole has been very anti-Israel and unfortunately have been using the Palestinians as a pawn in this game. Because if one of these rich Arab countries in the region would have liked to solve this conflict 50 years ago, they could have but they chose not to. So they took the poor Palestinian people and they put them in refugee camps in Lebanon and in Jordan and this and that and that. They were like, wait just a second, we're not solved. The war is not over. 1948 never happened. This war of independence that Israel did not want, did not start and won, right? They were kind of in a, in a concerted effort going, yeah, just, just, let's, just, let's just, we don't care. We have all the oil money, we're good. You guys just stay in your refugee camps. We're not going to repopulate you and like reintegrate you into society. Let's just wait with this and see what happens. We're playing the long game. So this is not an Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's an Israeli-Arab world conflict. It needs to be viewed that way. And when you view it that way and you have a country of 9 million people within the Middle East, a single consistent democracy within the Middle East with 21% Arab-Israeli-Palestinian population in it that have more rights than in pretty much every other country in the region have more freedoms, specifically women, not to mention LGBTQ plus community, right? When you view it that way, who is the David and who is the Goliath? You've got 9 million people and then nearly 300 million people around 21 countries. Or you've got 8,000 square miles, 8,000 square miles, and like the entire region around that's conspiring to take out the one Jewish state, the one Democrat, de democracy in the region, and it's like, if Israel's not there, Iran has taken over. Like, there's no doubt about, look, Congressman Richie Torres is waving his head. Sorry, I'm just giving, you know, yeah. Iran has taken over. These, this is like all these forces that are pretending to be about pro-Palestinian like pro and Palestinian rights. They're supporting illiberal voices within the Middle East. And again, everything is shifting in the Middle East. Like all these countries right now, the, the, the UAE and, and Bahrain and, and Morocco and Sudan, the conversation, like all these countries are aligning with Israel because everybody in the Middle East, they're basically willing to say publicly what everybody in the Middle East already knows. Israel is really not the biggest problem in the Middle East. Iran is. Iran is. Period. End of story. So the David and Goliath that is a mistaken narrative that is sold to uneducated American on social media and some freaking supermodels that think they're Robert Meacham all of a sudden, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, really, is so twisted 
and so dangerous because they're mouthpiecing, they're, they're being mouthpieces for illiberal, radical voices in the Middle East that are laughing their asses off because this has all succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. No. Yes. Yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> It's okay. In, in the podcast, we have an audience. I'm going to explain like, that. Great. I'll remind we people now. An There's an audience guys. here. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> so obviously part of the strategy is education yeah. and trying to dispel all the misperceptions that are out there. What else is there on the table that everybody can do to make sure that all of the anti-Semitism and all of the anti-Israel and this new cool, like, let's not... This new... Right? I call this it new, in the book, this new hip social justice cause. Mm. Yes. It's called anti-Zionism. It's adorable. Yeah, it goes something like this. I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm just an anti-Zionist, right? And it's like... Because that stems from not understanding what Zionism is, not understanding, well, like, this is like a whole, and we have to get back to the who is behind it, because it's very important. So, first of all, just for everybody's kind of like background understanding, I always say this, we, as the pro-Israel and Jewish and non-Jewish community, need to be able to answer, what is Zionism, right? Why are you Zionist? So, Zionism is a movement for Jewish liberation and self-determination, in a Jewish, not an exclusively Jewish state, okay? Jewish, Zionism is a movement for Jewish liberation, self-determination in a Jewish, not an exclusively Jewish state. It never, ever, ever talks about an exclusive state, exclusively Jewish state. We'll get to that in a second. Zionism is about the Jews, like any other people, allowed to self-govern in their tiny piece of ancestral land. That's it. The Jews are allowed to have a state. So how can you be against that is the question. Like if you, because a lot of people would say like, oh, Zionism is offensive to me, right? It's ridiculous to be offended by a meaning that you gave to a word, right? Like I'm super offended by this microphone. Like, but this microphone is so offensive to me. I can't, please don't say the word microphone because I'm offended. It's crazy, right? It's like the feminism, right? Men are like, it's so aggressive. No, feminists, but equal rights for women. It's if you choose to get offended by it, that's your story in your head. So those people, which we'll get to in a second, have been working for years to brand Zionism something that it is not. So now saying you're a Zionist is like the word Zionism, it turned into a slur, which is again, crazy. Zionism is a progressive movement. Movement. It was designed to progress Jews away from persecutions and thousands of years of oppressions and progress them into self-governance. And it worked out beyond belief, right? It's almost like we're victims to our own success in that sense. So that's number one. The people behind this, okay? So there are a couple of different kind of awful forces that are working together. This whole thing originated in Soviet propaganda, okay? This whole thing originated in the Durban conference in 2001, in which the Soviet Union basically, it, it leans on the Soviets passing a UN resolution that Zionism is racism. Again, Zionism is not racism because in Zionism, in every founding document of Zionism, they always talk about equality to every ethnicity, race, sex, this, that, like literally in Herzl's book, Alt Neuland, which is the founding document of Zionism, which was written in 1902, he talks about the Arabs in the region and the Arabs, like it's never is about exclusively Jewish state, okay? By the way, in 1902, Herzl also talks about like equality for blacks. Like in 1902, he writes that the blacks, like the Jews, deserve to, so, you know, why are they being treated like that because of the color of their skin? Like, 
that that book couldn't be more like it's so liberal. Uh, it's almost it's almost you know delusional in how liberal it is. So these are the founding documents of Zionism. But the, United, the Soviet Union was the one who pushed in the United Nations this resolution that Zionism is racism, and they used Nazi propaganda. So literally would take posters of Nazi propaganda saying the Jews control X, Y, and Z, the Jews did da-da-da-da-da, and change the word to the Zionists. The Zionists did da-da-da, the Zionists did da-da-da-da, right? So taking something that it isn't, turning it into a propaganda that is anti-Semitic, in essence, completely anti-Semitic. So then this resolution passed, and then it got dismantled in like the early 90s, I think in 91. And in 2001, there was a conference in Durban, South Africa, which was called the, the Conference for Racism, right? It was the United Nations Conference Against Racism. That conference was taken over by anti-democratic countries. Also remember, in the United Nations, bless their heart, 53% of, of, of the countries that are member states in the United Nations are non-democratic. A lot of them don't want Israel to exist, so they pass all these resolutions that give the anti-Israel movement an air of legitimacy, as if, oh, well, the United Nations passed it, it should be okay. No, not at all. So the Durban conference became so anti-Israel that the United States and Israel walked out because it literally was confiscated and taken over, and this was the origination of this attempt to brand Israel an apartheid state. So they took all that language from Soviet Union propaganda, and they're like, hmm, we tried to kill Israel with military force, didn't work. We tried to kill Israel with terrorism, and uh, you know, didn't work. Let's try to literally delegitimize the state's existent, existence, and try to actually dismantle it. So they took that language from the Soviet, from Soviet propaganda, and, and this entire campaign to brand it an apartheid state, using the same kind of like tools of South Africa. To brand Israel an apartheid state, when you look at the rights that Arabs are getting there, when literally the third largest party in Israel is Arab and an Arab parliament member right now was the reason for the existence of the part of the government, like he, Mansour Abbas, who's a, as an Arab party member within Israel, he literally was the linchpin. He was sitting there like deciding on whether or not the Israeli government would get created. To call that apartheid, it's an insult to anti-apartheid movements, right? But that's what's happened. That language created the basics for the language of a movement called BDS. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. BDS stands for Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions. It was a movement that was recreated, whatever, long story, it's all in the book, in 2005. <coughs> and the attempt was to put the same pressure on Israel as they did to South Africa, boycott Israel in academia, in finance, investments, research, in, in every way, in, in companies, boycotting companies coming in and whatever. They made a conclusion that American youth is impressionable and not educated enough. And they decided to put their entire effort, or majority of it, on campuses. So they started infiltrating campuses in plain sight, just sitting there with tabling things. And instead of saying what they were actually about, because the founders of BDS don't even hide that they're after dismantling Israel. Like, they're not, they don't hide it. There are videos all over. That's what, that's, that is what they are after, okay? Instead of doing that, they flipped the language and started using this woke language of justice and freedom. So literally selling this on campus, saying, Palestinian lives matter too, right? Bringing in all these people and activists and social justice organizations like BLM, like the Women's March, like rape victim organizations, for crying out loud, like rape victim organizations are now under the, the BDS tent supporting BDS, which is funded by people who support Sharia law. We'll get to that in a second. Which is literally the embodiment of rape culture. Like, there is no women's rights in, like, a Sharia society. Come on. And I'm saying this as a liberal because liberals have a tendency to be like, oh, we're not going to criticize any religion. No, 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 no. By not criticizing the bad shit that's happening around Sharia, around the literal administration of Islam, you're, living, you're, you're leaving the liberal voices within that community out to dry. Like, you're leaving them, you're leaving them out to dry. So all these groups and all these movements are now under, like BDS just basically infiltrated into, BLM is one of the worst. It's, one of, it's unbelievable that it actually happens. BLM supporters, they don't know what it is that they're supporting. They don't realize. And it's not just that, it's even like the Jews don't realize. Like Sarah Silverman, right? She posted TikTok like a few, a couple of months ago, and she's like, talks about whatever, whatever. She's like, am I for BDS? Yeah, of course I'm for BDS. I'm like, no, you're not. You're really not. You just, but she doesn't know. I don't think that it's, I don't, and I say this in the book a lot. I have a chapter I always say in, in, in my book, if you read one chapter in my book, just read BDS, because that, that'll give you what you need to know, right? And, and, she, and she's like, well, as long as we understand that BDS is about like the policy and the government and the policy. And I'm like, no, but that's the thing. They're literally cloaking their dagger. It's a movement where people with bad faith prey on those with bad knowledge. And what happened beyond their wildest dreams is because they used intersectionality, right, to infiltrate these social justice movements. So they came to BLM and they're like, oh, Palestinian lives matter too. It's white on brown oppression, right? First of all, false premise, because Israel's not white. Israel's just not white. 21% of Israel, or 31% of Israelis actually define themselves as Eastern European. They were using what we see in America, which is a lot of American Jews are um, from Eastern European descent. So they were like, it's white on, you know, it's white on brown oppression. Richie was amazing and actually said that verbatim, and I quote you now. 
So, you know, this is, if any, it's like brown on brown oppression, if you really want to kind of go down that road, which is not even true to begin with. But like they use false narrative to infiltrate these social justice movements. And unfortunately, what happens is that black culture is pop culture and BLM is black culture. And this just infiltrated social media and like the infiltrated our pop culture and our social media in the most extreme way that I think shook anyone who's Jewish, not Jewish, anybody who likes democracy should have been really, really bothered by this. And we should really be bothered by this. Yeah, again, bearer of bad news. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Here we are. I think you were coming to like a fun lunch. I'm like, we're hot. <laughs> but there has to be something. There has to be some antidote. There has to be something to, to counteract these forces. Otherwise, it's just too... Well, Otherwise, then what? Or well, like, where do you see this going? Where, where is the logical extension of what's happening? I think the good thing that happened now is that a lot of people woke up, first and foremost. So a lot of people realized that, again, whether they knew what was happening or whether they were surprised, whether they have the information or whether they don't, a lot of people that don't have the information were like, I don't think this is right. Like, I don't, I don't know enough to kind of counter this, but what's, I mean, what I'm seeing on social media right now is not right, right? So number one is really educate yourself. It really is. It, re it really, really is. Because you have, to know, you have to know what to answer. And you have to know for yourself, right? And number two, I think personally, I'm, I'm going to go after BDS. I think they need to be ousted from every normal society, from every campus. I, in my book, I go down, you know, there's, there's like a, there are congressional hearings by terrorism finance experts who are calling on Congress to research their sources of funding and, and literally showing from this an organization called AMP and American Muslims for Palestine, AJP and student SJP, Students for Justice in Palestine, where you track them down and this, these people have spent years tracking the where the money comes from. It leads you to this organization called the Holy Land Foundation, which was designated a terrorist organization for passing $12.5 million to Hamas and dismantled seven of its founders who were sentenced to jail. Two of them fled the country. Five of them actually sat in prison. One of them got released, and now he's in Turkey, like, organizing stuff for Hamas. His daughter writes, like, pieces in the New York Times. Long story, right? But all those people are the people that are, like, through this sophisticated umbrella are sponsoring your online, like, your on-campus BDS campaign in plain sight. In plain sight. And well-intended young liberal Americans are going, yeah, totally, let's support you guys, not realizing you're about to dismantle the single consistent democracy in the entire region, the only country in the region in which you can go on the beach with your same-sex compo and make out and nobody's going to do anything. Like, Bella Hadid cannot have a career anywhere else other than in Israel. How is everything she's saying not getting consequences? How is she not putting together what she's saying to, like, anti-Semitic attacks that are happening? I feel like you should call her. <laughs> I tried. They wouldn't care, you know? I, I mean, I, I don't personally know her, but, you know, it's just, it, it really, it's, again, this is not about Jewishness. It's about American values. It's not, you don't have to be Jewish to support Israel. <laughs> you have to understand the region and understand what the, the, the forces at B are and see who supports your values, not who has a better meme. 
So, but the danger, of course, is that if you are outspoken about this, then you get canceled yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm uncancelable. <laughs> you know why, by the way? Because I just don't care. Not because I'm, I, people are like, oh, are you getting hate? I'm like, yes. But then again, I've been doing this since like at least 2011. I had Radio Hamas started following me in 2011 on Twitter. I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> no, I said, you know, wait. But I'm, I'm used to this. And to me, it's like history will judge where you, your alliances stood, right? I know that if I can sit and talk to anybody or people would actually read the book or do the work Richie did, like kind of get yourself educated, you'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, hang on a minute. I don't think this is right. So I personally am not afraid because you know, I'm telling the truth with a cunning use of facts, you know, and I'm not going to shut up. So there's no canceling somebody who doesn't, isn't willing to shut up. So where are you going to take this? I feel like, why are you not in trying to be in the government or like, what, what else can you do? Like, where, where are you going with this? <laughs> It's a great question. Uh, there, 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 there are a bunch of there are plans, but right now I think the most important thing for me is to get as many people as possible educated on the facts as they possibly can. So if you don't, it was important to me to write a book about Israel that makes it easy to understand. Because people are like, oh my God, it's so complicated. I'm like, no, it actually isn't. <laughs> it actually isn't. It's just that nobody was able to communicate it in a way that people go, oh, all right, fine. And I've done this for many years so I was able to find a way I knew how to do this so get as many people as possible educated as many people as I can educated through the book through talks through this podcast there's um I think if I can help it BDS's days are numbered so that is something that we all need to kind of be very focused on and kind of be like all right because if you look at what's happening the, the all the social media stuff if you track it back 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 you get to BDS and if you track back 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 from media sponsors and proponents, you know, proponents, you'd find people that are at best Hamas sympathizers, if not worse. But I'm just going to say at best sympathize with the cause of Hamas. So we have a lot of work to do. We need a big, this is a big ship that needs to be turned around in America. I do believe that out of 10, you know, out of 10 people that are on the, let's say, normal liberal, normal conservatives, like not on the crazy sides, just willing to listen, whether conservatives or liberals, doesn't matter. I believe that out of eight out of 10 are completely open to changing their minds and listening. Two out of the 10 are, have been radicalized on, you know, Israel is a genocide state and doesn't matter what you tell them, including the numbers of Palestinians that were there when Israel was formed, which was 150,000, and now they're like 2.9 million. So again, the worst genocide ever, right? Two out of those 10, they're, they've been radicalized and it's fine, but I do believe that eight out of those 10 are willing to listen and willing to get themselves educated and don't think that Israel's a big bad wolf and willing to listen to the, the, the whole story. And coming from me, I am a liberal, so the book is very balanced in that sense. Like I talk about the bad shit about Israel too, because no country is perfect. <laughs> It'd be ridiculous to say like, Israel has never done wrong. <sighs> Did America never do wrong? I mean, come on, and we love this country. So I feel like this book addresses a lot of people's concerns and it gives a very kind of concise and hopefully fun and definitely easy to read history of, of the country. And just one last question. 
what about the parents who are concerned about what their kids are posting? Oh, God. Because a lot of moms have said to me, you know, my kids are posting things or, you know, I've had somebody send me a PowerPoint presentation of all the slides of their son's, like, posts. Is something going to happen to my son for saying this? Or what saying if I what? Which, well, which... he was pro-Israel, but right. very outspoken yeah. in a way and sort of, I don't know, in a way that made her very nervous because mm-hmm. it was very provocative. But then on the other side, people who have children who are very woke and want to support what all their friends are doing and posting on social media and not totally understanding, what do you do as the parent? Or what do you think we all, as parents, have the obligation to do? Well, first of all, get them to read the book, because it has it uses the word, you know, the F word, a few times. So, you know, just to make sure people are awake. <laughs> so they won't feel like they're, like, dragged into some so history F- about F that. F word is a selling point of this book. <laughs> For a certain generation, okay, yes, right, absolutely. Yes, right, I right. actually had a very, very, very famous and, and important, like, reporter, historian, whatever, and he's like, you used it so well. It's very strategic. <laughs> You know, because okay. you kind of wake up if you think you're asleep. So, it's so marketing tech. Yeah. Okay. Just a little bit. Just, right. It's just Why hidden not? in there. The first name of the book was actually WTF is Israel. Huh. Yeah. But I was advised to not. <laughs> Maybe tone it down. So, the thing, I, I think that for parents, first of all, make sure your kids are educated. I think there's a whole thing about like Jewish schools as well that I think is problematic. And I think that we didn't give, as the in the in the Jewish world, we didn't give our kids enough information to actually deal with the outside world. A lot of people looked at this BDS on campus thing as like, oh, it's fine, they'll grow out of it. You know, it's just on campus. But what they didn't understand, it's like this is an impressionable age that literally embedding in them what they think for life, right? And we didn't do a good enough job explaining to them to begin with. So I definitely say, I definitely think that that is important. And also I think maybe in a kind of like a lighter kind of way, not to worry that much about what the kids post because in our perception, it's like, oh my God, this is crazy. And in their perception, it's like, yeah, who cares? You know, it's out there and then it's, I can delete it or whatever. Not, we know that it's always out there, but they're way more, they don't have a problem with privacy as, as we did growing up. To them, it's not even a concept that needs to be watched or cared for or whatever. So, but definitely get them educated. And the woke kids, you know, just know that Hamas sympathizers have got, already got to them. If not through actual, the actual campaign, but then through the social media kind of duplication and like this hip new social justice cause called anti-Zionism. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for coming on Mom's Start Time to Read. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 